planeta. Calca. Sintio. Planet. Sayara. Planeta. Sayara. Planet. Planet Mundus, the word in Aarhus. Good evening, Aarhus. You are listening to Planet Mundus show created by internationals for internationals. We are Mundus journalism students studying in Aarhus. My name is Anastasia Park, and today I'm going to be your guide during the show. Tonight you are going to find out first Brexit. What do young people think about its effect on society and politics? Where to experience Danish Christmas lunch? Also in the show, how to celebrate the end of the semester. Let's go. So it's 6 p.m. and you're listening to Planet Mundus show. The topic of today is very relevant. At the end of November, the UK government and the EU officials finally agreed on divorce deal. It took more than a year of tough negotiations and now the topic is would British Parliament block or approve this deal? It Planet Mundus. Good news. Hi, Aarhus. Today, here next to me in the studio, Elza Meishman, who will introduce you to the good news happening in the world. Hi, Elza. What's the agenda in the world media today? Hi, Anastasia. Well, luckily, we've got a few good news pieces to hear about this evening. Um, so, firstly, we've heard that the CEO of the clothing company Patagonia, which operates in the U.S., has announced that the company will gain $10 million dollars in tax cuts from President Donald Trump. And where exactly are these $10 million dollars going to go? Well, the CEO has announced that they're going straight into investment to combat China, climate change. So that's an extra $10 million dollars in the fight against the melting of the polar ice caps. On the mood of climate change, the World Bank has also announced that it will double the funding to fight climate change. Now it will be $200 million dollars between 2021 and 2025. That's double the amount that was agreed at the Paris Agreement in 2015. So some good news on the climate change front there. And finally, we've heard a story from the Netherlands that a church has been operating non-stop services for 800 hours now. Bethel Church in The Hague has been holding services without a break since October 28th. And all of this is to protect a family of Armenian refugees who face deportation, as under Dutch law, the authorities are not able to enter a place of worship while services are going on. Planet Mundus, the word in Aarhus. The world is full of news coming every second to our screens because now in a digitalized world we can access to every event just with one click. But let's do something in real life in our cozy city of Aarhus. As Christmas time is in full swing, you probably heard about Danish Christmas dinner or lunch tradition. Haven't experienced this festivity of food yet? Then you have an amazing opportunity on December 11th at Student House. You'll have the opportunity to eat traditional Danish food such as meatballs, roast pork with red cabbage, sugar brown potatoes, amazing gris alamand, this is sweet rice dessert, and other things. Also, you will play Christmas games. It's so much fun. Right after the dinner, Student House is hosting international party. International Christmas party, precisely the last one in this semester. Pretty sad, but also exciting that soon we are having Christmas holidays. As it's the end of the semester, a lot of bars and clubs are hosting parties, and one of them is a bowling coupe club, which will be hosted on December 8th. Be sure to buy tickets in advance. Honestly, this semester has finished very, very early. 
and we are pretty surprised that exams are coming in January. But before the exam time, we have our amazing Christmas time and we are very happy. Planet Mundus, the word in Aarhus. Good evening, Aarhus. You are listening to Planet Mundus show. I am Anastasia Park and here in the studio with me Arthur Haxam, who recently came back from Brussels, where he visited EU institutions and literally was in the process of negotiating Brexit deal. Hey, Arthur, how was in the home of the EU? Good evening, Anastasia. Thank you for having me. It was a fantastic experience. It was part of a study trip with the Danish delegation with the Youth European Union Denmark. So we were visiting all the institutions from the Parliament, the Commission, the Council of the EU and other local Danish offices in Brussels. And uh, we were meeting a lot of important people from politicians to lobbyists and the whole week was focused on Brexit. So what we uncovered during the first few days when we were in Brussels that they were finalising the deal and there was a whole built up on Spain's uh, veto on Gibraltar and in the end when they came to endorsing the agreement on Sunday obviously that was dropped so we were in the thick of it but we couldn't say anything. So what do you think the Brussels position in Brexit issue then? So uh, they're not happy mm. uh, they're not happy about the UK withdrawing from the EU. The UK has been a big player in shaping the EU in its 45 year membership and it has been one of the driving forces for creating the single market, defense, climate, research and innovation policies, and over 90% of EU policies has been approved by the UK. At the same time, there have been big disagreements from both sides over the EU currency and opting out from the Schengen Agreement. The, mic- the migration crisis has been one of the leading factors and growing populism. So Brexit itself has been a wake-up call for the EU to reform itself. They're starting to realise that they're out of touch and closed off from the rest of the citizens. So Brussels right now are respecting the democratic votes of the British people and in return has spent the last 18 months working with the British government to make a deal which is satisfactory for both sides. So when I mean satisfactory, no one's really happy but has to work. So for Brussels, uh, trying to... uh, you know, be firm on EU citizens' rights, to have the divorce bill, 40 billion euros, and the backstop on the Irish border and the Good Friday Agreement. So this is the first time we've seen the EU unanimously working together for the first time. So the 27 on the Brexit. Oh, good to know. Um, You've been studying in the UK, right? And so what do you think uh, the Brexit would have what will the consequences of Brexit will be on the EU and our personal experience, personal point of view? Personally, having lived there for five years, and I left in 2016, just after the vote, and it was very devastating when it happened. I think for the EU citizens, especially for students, they will feel put off, like they feel they're not welcome to come and study in the UK, and they feel that they're not... Uh, they feel rejected to come to the UK to have jobs and settle down. So there's this big factor where they feel unwelcome to come to the UK. Thank you very much, Arthur. It was very nice to hear your opinion. And Planet Mundus, the word in Aarhus. 
Hello, Aarhus. You're listening to Planet Moon, the show. Brexit indeed posed a lot of questions to European politicians and the society in general. One of the very important issues is Irish question, which is the Guardian called the thorniest issue to settle in the Brexit divorce. Next to me also is Elsa, who has been living in Ireland almost all her life. Hi again, Elsa. Could you enlighten us with the major Irish question? Yes, Anastasia, of course. So the Irish question is the question of the border between the UK and the Republic of Ireland. So that border is on the island of Ireland, but it's between the north and the south part. And the problem is that Northern Ireland is part of the UK and currently part of the EU. Now, when the UK leaves the EU, or perhaps we should say if the UK leaves the EU, that land border between Northern Ireland and the Republic will become the border of the EU. So in terms of trade, in terms of imports and exports, that is where all the customs checks will have to take place. So currently both countries, Ireland and the UK, are in the EU single market and the customs union. So there aren't any checks. It's a soft border between Northern Ireland and the Republic. You can't even see it. If, if you go over it, you might not, you might not be able to tell. Um, and the issue is that if the UK leaves the single market and the customs union, then there might need to be border checks, which would create huge problems both culturally and socially in, in Ireland and, and Northern Ireland. Um, so if there were those checks, it might people are some people are worried that violence might erupt. You know, there is a history of, of problems, of troubles um, in Northern Ireland, and that that's the main concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in order to solve this problem, to, to prevent issues of that that border, what the UK, well the EU, sorry, has suggested is that Northern Ireland remain in the customs union and in the single market while the rest of the UK leaves those unions, so effectively creating a border in the Irish Sea. And, of course, Northern Ireland rejected that and the UK rejected that as well because they didn't want Northern Ireland to be separate to the rest of the UK. They wanted the the entire UK to be under the same rules and to leave the customs union and the single market. And uh, as opposed to that, what Theresa May has suggested is that the whole of the UK remain aligned with these unions for a limited time, and that would prevent there there being a hard border anywhere, um, either in the the Irish Sea or between Northern Ireland and the Republic. Uh, again, this was uh, this was rejected, um, and we haven't really come to a, a solution um, because what Theresa May wanted um, was that there would be a limited time on that arrangement um, of there being no no hard border. And the Republic of Ireland has said, no, we don't want a time limit. You don't have another solution. So the current uh, solution, I say in inverted commas, as it stands, is that there will be that arrangement that Theresa May suggested. So the, the UK as a whole, including Northern Ireland, will remain aligned with the EU and the trade agreements there um, unless another deal is reached. So um, basically, we're hoping that some other deal will be reached. Um, but in the case that it, another deal isn't reached, this is the safety net. This is what we're calling the backstop is a word that's thrown around a lot. Um, and that basically means that if we can't find a better solution, this is the solution that we have. Okay, thank you so much. Um, I see that you are very aware of the topic. But how do you think people, especially young generation, perceived Brexit vote in the, within the UK? I think there was a lot of surprise among younger voters with the, the turnout of the referendum. 
we have we know from polling data that the youth vote overwhelmingly was to remain. Um, it was about sixty percent uh, among under twenty fives uh, to vote remain, uh, and even seventy seventy percent if you take that up to to under twenty seven. And uh, as opposed to that, people over sixty five were about sixty percent more likely to to vote leave. So there really is that split of of the retirement age voters voting to leave and the, you know, leaving school um, and in university voters voting to remain. So I think a lot of the youth were expecting that there would be a remain vote. And then there has been quite a lot of shock um, to to learn that that the UK voted to leave. So it's a very sharp difference. And do you remember how was the atmosphere back then in June 2016? I do. I remember it very well. There was, I would say, overcomplacence is a word to describe it. Um, A lot of people thought that there would be no way that the UK would vote to leave. A lot of people were expecting the vote to come out to remain without any problems at all. Um, And I think social media had a big part to do with that. A lot of young people saw their friends, saw other people saying, yeah, we're definitely going to win this. The country's going to vote to remain. Um, And in the end, the the country didn't vote to remain and everyone was, well, a lot of people, I suppose, were were quite upset by that. And March 2019 is coming. It's going to be very soon. Absolutely. Planet Mundus, the word in Aarhus. Hi, Aarhus. As Brexit deal's fate will be decided very soon, now I'm heavy having in the studio Elsa and Arthur with me, and who, they will discuss the impact of Brexit on the society. So, guys, would you rather say that the UK might benefit or lose from leaving the U- EU? Well, it's difficult to say um, what will happen in the future, um, but looking at what's already happened since the the referendum in June 2016, since that vote to leave, we can see that the UK economy has suffered, and that's a categoric fact. It doesn't matter whether you're on the Remain side or on the Leave side, a lot of experts have said that we can see that, that difference. So we're seeing a weaker pound, there's a loss of investment, largely due to uncertainty about the future. Uh, And Britain is also seeing competition from other countries. So a lot of financial sector companies and other investment companies have moved from London to other hubs in Europe. So we're seeing companies moving to Dublin, to Paris, to Frankfurt, uh, and we're seeing a drop in the GDP of the UK. Uh, It varies depending on who you ask, but it's about one or two percent. So that's about 20 or 40 billion pounds a year. Arthur? Again. I'm on the same line with Elsa here. I think Britain will hugely miss out, especially they will eventually leave the single market and majority of the customs union apart from Northern Ireland. And personally, being a Remainer and having lived in the EU most of my life, I find it's a, a big shame and a sad reality that the UK are going to be on the outside. And of course, as Elsa covered the most on the key issues, they will lose its influence. Uh, even on a global scale, whether it's within other institutions and with other key partners like China or India or the United States now, the UK will suffer in terms of global reputation. And um, for me, I don't see... There is going to be a Brexit deal. And in the next few days, there will be the vote in the House of Commons. And everyone's predicting that the the deal will be rejected. Uh, I hope... To some extent that the deal would pass, so it's not the best deal. I mean, of course, that there will be a transitional period where the UK will eventually leave the single market and all the other deals like the common fisheries and the customs, but it will be initiated until 2021. 
And the Brexiteers obviously are very against that because ideology is against what they believe in, uh, that the UK should apply WTO rules. And the Remainers, of course, they want to stay in the single market and all the other benefits. So, uh, I mean, I'm not happy, but if this deal is the best, the most pragmatic solution, I think it is. And we'll see what happens. So if you had a vote, Arthur, would you vote to uh, back Theresa May's deal? Tough question. I think as a strong Remainer, I would say no, but I don't see any other solution. I mean, do we have time for another general election or a second referendum? Mm, I don't think so. I think a second referendum, you've got to legislate for that, and it would take about 14 months, I think, at the last estimate. We just don't have time. The country is running out of time. And I actually, luckily for me, for my levels of optimism, I don't agree with you. I think the vote will get through Parliament. I think Theresa May... Her deal is not perfect. I think nobody nobody expects the, the deal to be perfect. And I actually think that it will get passed through Parliament, even though, as you say, most analysts are predicting that it won't. I see that as scaremongering. A lot of people we saw recently were saying that Theresa May was going to be kicked out of power. They've been saying that since she came into power. And look at her, she's still there. She's still in her position. And I think even though everybody likes to talk about how everything's going to be awful and how Theresa May will never get this deal through... I just think that at the end, after all of the shouting is done, after all the complaints are being made, they will sit down and they will vote through her deal. You know, look at the 48 letters. MPs have been saying for months, even, that they're going to get the 48 letters in and and nothing has happened. That's 48 letters tabling a a motion of no confidence in Theresa May's leadership, if anyone hasn't heard of that. And it hasn't happened. So I think even though people say that they won't back Theresa May, at the end of the day, those MPs will, will back her. As far as I know, now she launched a five days debate, right, mm-hmm. in the parliament. So, guys, do you know something about the results of the first uh, days? Chaos, Chaos. <laughs> has Ab- been has been the the result. We've seen the the well the news today. The big news is that uh, parliament has been or the government has been found in contempt of court, uh, which is something that hasn't happened since 1880 actually, because the the British parliamentary system is a little bit outdated. uh, And basically, it means that, that, well, the uh, the official punishment of that is that the person who tabled the motion could be imprisoned beneath the Tower of London or something like that, I think, is the the punishment um, available. So we're hoping that that won't happen. Uh, But essentially, there's been a lot of chaos and uh, nobody in Parliament seems to be able to agree on anything. Uh, and a lot of these debates are, are happening at 1 a.m., 5 a.m., you know, stretching on for, for days and days. Yeah. In the next few days, we're going to have... It's unpredictable. I mean, if you look at the polls, it whether the deal will be passed, yes or no. Uh, we've still got a, a couple of days until the 11th of December, whether this deal will be passed or not. And if the deal goes through, I mean, obviously it's a start and there'll probably be more talks. But if not, then maybe we'll... There's not enough time for a renegotiation. I mean, the EU have made it clear they're not going to offer more talks on changing any of the policies that they put forward. And hard Brexit, I really hope it doesn't get to that scenario, really. And uh, lastly, if whatever happens, look what's going to happen in Scotland. Uh, The Scots, especially the the Scottish National Party, they are very pro-European and they're threatening whatever happens they might trigger or initiate another campaign for another referendum uh, not referendum another independence vote yes and but if we look to a broader picture on the europe the rise of populism like what the significance of brexit because still what happened no matter what the 
no matter what the consequences are right now and whether the deal is accepted or not, it happened. So what do you guys think? I think it's interesting to examine why exactly it happened. Uh, obviously, we can't ask every single person who, who voted to leave why they did so. But if we look at the rhetoric, a lot of the campaigning on the, the leave side before the referendum, a lot of that was anti-immigrant rhetoric. And a lot of it was to do with migrants, in inverted commas, coming and, again, in inverted commas, taking our jobs and taking over the country. And I think that really was, in the media at least, the overwhelming point of the the campaign to leave and that's something we've seen on the rise in in Europe wouldn't you say Arthur? I agree I mean all that has been scaremongering and if you look at Italy now Italy have got a populist government with the Cinque Stelle La Liga and at the moment they're having a big uh, battle with Brussels over the EU budget about how they want to uh, to to shape it and nothing's been agreed so far and at the moment there's a surge of populist parties especially in in France in Sweden Germany, uh, Belgium, and of course the Netherlands, where we're going ne- next year in Amsterdam. So it's a very scary times what's happening in Europe if you look outside Brexit. I see Brexit as a trigger for initiating motivations for other populist parties, but will it lead to other countries leaving the EU? I don't know. I mean, at the moment, the main focus is on Brexit and, and of course, next year, the, the European elections. So what we can see next year, next May, is whether the populists will get more of a foothold in European politics or not. But that remains to be seen. So, guys, in general, could we conclude and maybe say what is the consequence of Brexit in one word? Each of you, what do you think? I think that is... (laughs) That's a very big ask, Anastasia. Um, I think the immediate consequences, at least, are uncertainty. Disastrous. (laughs) Disastrous. <laughs> so I, I really see that you guys are very anti-Brexit. And well, I think I think uncertainty right. could go either way. Yeah. yeah. The voice of young generation. Planet Mundus, the word in Aarhus. Hello, Aarhus. I would like to remind you that you are listening to Planet Mundus show created by internationals for internationals. My name is Anastasia Park. I'm hosting tonight's show. Recently, we have been talking about Brexit. I think that now everyone knows this term. We had great discussion of Alza and Arthur in our studio. But it's also interesting to know what is the Denmark's position on the issue and what do Danes think about it. We have interviewed Johan Tostrup, a vice president of European Youth Organization, which sets a goal to introduce Danish youth to European politics. First, I asked Johan about what could be the implications of Brexit on Denmark and what is the Danish MEP's positions toward it? I think, well, Denmark is a member of the of the EU and has been since seventy three, but on a lot of areas, it Denmark has not participated in the European cooperation, and that's very similar to the UK. Um, I think that's gonna be um, an a challenge for Denmark definitely, and uh, I also think that it's very unfortunate because Denmark has a lot of uh, trade um, and cooperation with uh, the UK. For example, we have, uh, a, we have a big fishing industry in Denmark and that is something that is negotiated within the EU. So whenever the UK leaves the EU, Denmark and the UK has to negotiate. The, the MEPs of Denmark, we have four MEPs which are 
which are part of the Eurosceptic um, coalition, uh, coalitions in the European Parliament. And I think they have had quite some uh, challenges um, defending Brexit. I think um, MEPs who are pro-European but didn't used to argue as much for the EU, uh, they have started to do so. Um, you see uh, MEP uh, Morten Lerke from the Liberal Party. He has become very pro-European since Brexit. Um, Johan also gave us his opinion on implications of Brexit on Danish society and Danish youth. Also, we touched the topic of education. Let's listen. The Brexit vote um, has definitely shown um, some mistrust in politicians. So I think that's not only in Denmark. I think that's um, everywhere in the in the EU. When people start seeing the consequences of Brexit and start seeing that Brexit is nowhere as close, nowhere close to what they were promised. I think they will start to have more mistrust in politicians than they did before. There are these clear um, consequences of Brexit. I mean, you can always argue about the economic economic consequences, and uh, but when the UK leaves, they will cease to be part of the Erasmus program. Mm. So uh, young people are not going to have the option to uh, go study in the UK as they, as they have now. And I think even for people not very into politics, I think that would be a very clear um, signal of, 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 of what has happened. We've been listening to Jochen's interview and he is the vice president of European Youth Society. It was very interesting to find out what do Danes think about Brexit deal. Planet Mundus, the word in Aarhus. Good evening, Aarhus. My name is Anastasia Park, and I'm now hosting the radio show Planet Mundus. So what's going to be the future of Brexit? What are the consequences? This evening we found out what young, aspiring people think about it, and we agreed that united we are stronger. 